0: I just want to say welcome to everyone here. Um, I realized, uh, I think they reached out and said, hey, can you share? And I was like, I'm I'm happy to. And I was like, I I share periodically, and so I always reintroduce myself every time I speak. And I was like, wow, if someone listened to me, I guess on the podcast, it's always like, hey, my name's Joe. Uh, I'm a middle school teacher, and I'm in my 40s. I think that's how, I I talk about that like every single time. So I'm happy to report and update, um, I'm no longer a middle school teacher. All right. Yeah. Oh, no one's clapping. <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> no. OK, we don't clap for that. OK, um, there's a whole story behind that, but it's OK. But good news. I'm still in my 40s. Right, That hasn't changed. Um, my wife also got fired. Oh, people, oh, OK. People just look shocked. Do I have to explain this now? <laughs> but it's OK. It's OK. It's all good. Um, yes. But good news. We're still married. So hey, wait up. Okay, bad news first, then good news, and then keep. All right. Anyway, okay. Before anyone just walks out. Um, <laughs> um, but while I was a middle school teacher, oh, I found a job, so don't. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. Um, but while I what? A, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. But I know the burning question is why was he fired? Talk to me afterwards. You know, we can we can we can talk if you want to. Um, but when I was a middle school teacher, um, you know, they're very interesting groups of people, uh, and I made the mistake of, um, they, they wanted to know, like, what do your kids look like? You know, and if you didn't know, um, Pastor Ryan Longfield, I want to emphasize Pastor, uh, Ryan Longfield always talks about how there is this special thing at the Ark where every single Ark baby and child is absolutely adorable. He says, I don't know what it is, but they're all adorable and they're all cute, and he always looks at me and says, and you know, one day it's going to end. Laughter. He said, "Oh, okay. You know, I'm just shocking people today. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh I wrote, I wrote joke next to that, but it didn't land well.' Um, <laughs> um, but you know, but you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. You know, babies are beautiful. So, um, oh my gosh. All right. Um, so my kids want to know, like, hey, let me see your. You know, you always talk about your, your kids. Um, I want to see what, I want to see what your kids look like, right? And so I was like, sure, and that, w- without thinking, I." Pulled out my phone, and, and, you know, I'm in my 40s, but I, I have an Instagram. And so, I, and, and my Instagram is basically my kids, right? And so, uh, I, I, I opened it up, and then I also made the mistake of, like, not hiding my Instagram name. And so, they immediately pointed that out, and I was like, oh, no. But I was like, I'm not, it's, it's on private, and I'm not going to accept their friend request, you know? Um, and, and, and then, the next thing that they did that I thought was so interesting is that they looked at the number of followers I had, and they started to make fun of me right? They're like, ah, Mr. O only has 117 followers. Loser! <laughs> Which I thought was so weird. And then I was like, you know, you know, and, and the thing is, like, you can't just, like, get too defensive, right? Because then you already lost, you know? So I, as calmly as I could, I was like, well, how many followers do you have? And he's like, 3,000, right? <laughs> and, and he pulls this thing out, and so, like, we're looking at it, and he, he did have over, like, 3,000 followers, um, but then only, like, Two comments per post, right? (laughs) And it's like, you know, and he wrote in his little profile, follow for follow, you know, and and I'm like, oh, and and it just, but it really spoke to me of kind of like the different places and stages in life that we were, right? My Instagram was private. I I don't want people following me, actually, or make it hard to follow me. I used to not even have my real name. Um, Well, part of my name, I guess. Uh, But there's just, overwhelming desire I could see with my, my students to, to be liked, right to be popular, um, but actually it's to be known, but that's not safe, so I, I'd rather have people follow me on Instagram um, than actually know me, and another thing I realized was I'm kind of the same way in the sense of there are people that I'll follow on Instagram um, because like I had shoulder surgery uh, beginning of September, and so I put hashtags shoulder surgery. And all these people pop up, and it seems like they're doing a lot of great exercises. So I followed a whole bunch of people. And after my rehab, what did I do? Clean my account. I'm so sick and tired of you, Teddy, doing your shoulder exercise every morning. <laughs> like, unfollow, unfollow. Like, oh my gosh, you're only reminding me of like, I'm not doing my rehab, unfollow, unfollow. And so, so and some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about here. It's like, this idea of, of being a follower of following, it's kind of, it's, it's just, it's easy as a click. You follow people who you think are interesting, who you agree with, or that you want something from. And when it's kind of like you've served your purpose, um, you're messing up my feed, then you just put on mute. You know, if, if you're friends, you have to mute them because then they know you unfollow them. But, but you basically unfollow them, right? And it, I've just really been thinking recently of like, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, right? Like, what does it actually mean to follow him? And James was up here, and he was talking about um, apprenticeship. And in his time... Um, Jesus, yes, he was a carpenter, if you didn't know that, but he was also known as a rabbi. And what happened was all the young people would would memorize the Torah, which was like the, um, in our Bible, it's like the first five books of the Bible, was the Jewish um, writings uh, by Moses, and they would memorize it, and until about the age of, I think, around 13, and at their bar mitzvah, where where they believed, like, you would now become an adult, there was no, like, teenage years, there was no adulting, it was like, you were a child, Adult, right? And so um, the ones that were gifted and talented would be kind of even recruited um, by a rabbi. Or they would present themselves to a rabbi and say, like, can I become one of your followers, one of your disciples? And they would literally follow this rabbi around, um, soaking in their understanding of the of the text and the Torah and the scriptures. Um, but imitating everything about them, the way they spoke. Um, I even heard, like, even the way they would peel a fruit um, in the—I think it's called the Mishnah. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the written collection of the oral tradition. So be, there was a time when everything was just oral, and then some people realized we might lose some of this, so they wrote it down. It's called the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, they would even write about how um, apprentices or disciples would sleep under the bed um, of their rabbis. It was like a practice, right? I'm not advocating for that. But it, I'm just saying, like, it was to that extent where they would, like, follow their rabbi around because they wanted to, like, become like their rabbi. Like, that's what it meant to be a follower. That's what it meant to be a disciple. It's I want to become like you. It's been speaking to me because um, I'm in my 40s. Personally, for me, I grew up in a church. I grew up going to Sunday school, um, singing those songs. Um, and I feel like for a while, there was a, there was a point where I started to kind of become stagnant, where I was like, I think I'm good. I'm going in the right direction. Um, but quite honestly, I was like, where is that life transformation? Like, you know, sometimes when, you know, Michael, I'm just going to call you out here. Like Michael, you know what I love about you, many things, (laughs) but but I love the way you worship because you worship like someone who's like just met Jesus. And that doesn't have to change. And I don't think it will change. But I love it when I can look at someone and be like, I remember what that was like. I remember. You know, you know the great thing about being fired? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, well, with your wife, the great thing about being fired, by yourself is not as fun, but the great thing about being fired, like, Erin and I were talking, and I was like, hey, do you remember the last time we were both unemployed? And she was like, when we got married. And I was like, isn't this so romantic? <laughs> and like, yesterday... Yesterday, someone was like, oh, do you guys just, like, go out on date nights? And then Aaron was like, we go on date days, right? (laughs) You know, because we both got fired, because we're both unemployed. (laughs) Well, not anymore, (laughs) Oh, but there is an amazing opportunity lined up um, for my life as well. Um, Okay, stick to the script. Um, Yes, following Jesus, right? Following Jesus. Um, but I, I remember what it was like I remember what it was like growing up in church Feeling, learning, knowing things But not seeing the transformation in here And then it's very easy to see hypocrisy, right? No matter where you go, actually, you'll see it um, You'll even see it in your own life But oftentimes, like, we don't want to so we, But it's very easy to see outside of us And so whether you're in, like, a corporate job You'll see hypocr- hypocrisy there in politics, you'll see hypocrisy. They're like, you'll see hypocrisy everywhere. You'll definitely see it in church, because church has people, and so growing up in church, I was like, there's so much hypocrisy, and then you sing these songs, and then you do that. Oh, I also forgot to mention that my dad was a pastor, so that probably, um, it was more of like, you talk about my dad, (laughs) and I'm like, I know he's not perfect, but I thought, like, where's this whole, like, loving each other, forgiving each other, so I grew up, you know, with issues about church, Um, and I saw a lot of hypocrisy, but I, the, the fact was actually, like, I couldn't deal with hypocrisy in here. Um, when I was, like, 18, they were like, Joe, you know, like, four chords on the guitar. I was like, yes. And they're like, and you speak English. Yes. You're the new youth pastor, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> congratulations. Like, that's kind of how it worked in the immigrant Korean church. Um, like, they're like, we speak Korean. You speak English. So you have to be the, you know. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay. And, and then they would start giving me even speaking opportunities Where they're like, we recognize um, a talent and a gift inside of you, young man. It's called speaking English. So you're gonna start. (laughs) And so like they would give me these opportunities to to preach, but like I was nowhere near ready to my character-wise to do that. Um, There were like addictions and brokenness in my life that I would struggle with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday. But then I would have to go up there and like give a sermon or, or or lead praise and. And I would really try to, like, be good, and, like, but I was not good at that. And, the, and having to come up week after week, after a while, I said, something's got to change. Either I stop doing all this crap, or I leave the church, and so I left the church, right? Because so I, I, I didn't know. I was like, I, I, I could not willpower my way out of my dysfunctions. I couldn't discipline my way out of my addictions. I couldn't. That's not how addictions work. And so I just remember coming to the people at the church and saying, because um, I, I saw, I, I was trapped. I was like, how do you, how do you get out of this? I'm, I, I just hate being a hypocrite every week standing in front of people. I, I hate this double life I'm living. Like, how do I escape this? And then I saw one of my friends uh, went to plant a church, which was like, start a new church. And what he told the people was, God has called me to start a new church. So I'm gonna leave and start a new church. And so I didn't want to start a new church. So I just told them, God has called me to leave. that's all i said and that was good enough they were like okay i I was waiting for a follow-up question there was none the only question was when and i said i haven't thought about this but next week and so so that that's how i left church and um in my heart i remember like i had so many things going on and i just remember in my heart like being so angry and bitter and disappointed Being like god like why is my life so horrible if you're supposed to be like kind and i'm not expecting you to like help me win the lottery. But I'm like, don't like be against me. And just so many broken areas in my life, I remember even praying to God saying like, I don't even care if there's a hell. Like, you know what? Actually, I believe there is a hell. For me, I feel like I've seen and experienced things too much to deny that you exist. I can't deny that you exist. I can't deny that there's a hell. But I'm just at the point where I don't even care anymore. And this was like my, what I thought was my last prayer. And I just said to God like, Just please leave me alone. Like, you're real. Hell is real. I'll probably go there. But I'm going to go this way. You go that way. Just leave me alone because I'm sick and tired of it. I decided I'm no longer a follower. And then I remember uh, a couple months went by, six months went by, and my life is still miserable, I guess. I didn't know it, but I was in depression. Um, most people don't know they are in depression until maybe they're out of it or someone tells them But I wasn't hanging out with people and uh, one of my friends. I ran um, Ran into him and he, and he came over and then it was too late So he was like i'm just gonna spend the night and I was like, all right fine You can spend the night um, He used to go to my former church and so then I was like, but you need to wake up You know, he said wake me up early so I can make it back to to church tomorrow. I was like great cool So we both overslept and I turned to him and I was like you need to wake up because you know You're gonna you got to go to church um, he's still sleepy, waking up, and then I, I oh I was also lying to people that I had, you know going to this other church uh, that didn't exist, and uh, so and so he he like looks at me, and he's like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, well, I'm gonna go to my church, so you better hurry and go to your church, and then he just kind of rolled over and he's like, oh, I'll just go with you to your church, and I was like, but you can't, <laughs> All right, like there's no, and so um, I knew a friend who ha- the guy who said he was gonna plant a church, that was the only other church that I knew of like where it was right and like what time it started and so i was like okay that's the church i'm gonna go to we'll go a little late we'll leave early and hopefully no one talks to me and so then he won't ever know that i this is my first time there and so you know and i was like and hopefully this is like one of those unfriendly churches where no one says hi to you so then we just go in go out boom um and the thing is like as soon as i walk in with my friend my friend who started the church sees me he's like joe and i'm like hey please don't say anything else (laughs) And But he never brings up, like, good to see you. What are you doing here? Like, none of those questions, I, you know. And we're just talking. Um, and he says, hey, do you want to come to New York with me? And, I, and I'm just, like, depressed and lonely. And I'm like, yes. And I was like, for what? He's like, oh, I, I'm, exp- I'm invited to speak at this um, event. And um, I bought a ticket from one of our friends named Paul. He's like, I bought a ticket for Paul, um, but Paul can't go anymore. So do you want to go? And I was like, yes. And he was like, the ticket's in his name. So he'll give you his driver's license. Do you want to go? And I was like, yes. And so, and so, so because I was I was in depression, okay? So, I was like, All right, so um, I just remember, um, like, on the – but I did have a thought, like, I don't know if this is legal, right? Like, and this might – it felt wrong. It felt wrong, right? I, I was in my early 20s, I think. Yeah, it felt wrong. And so um, – and also my friend Paul is, like, 5'11". He's, like, over 200 pounds. Like, he's – we look different, right? We look, even, even, I think, yes, we look different. Um, and so, and so um, I just remember walking up to the, uh, the TSA people or, or the, the gate check people, and um, I was, I was trying, I was like, if there's anyone Asian or Asian American, obviously I'm not going to go to them, right? Because they can tell. So I got to find someone who I think can't tell, right? And so, so I went that way, okay? And then, um, and, like, but, but, you know, like, they didn't even say anything. So I was like, oh, my gosh, don't even got to worry about this. And we went, went to New York, had New York pizza for the first time. You know, I'm, I'm like, hanging around people for the first time in a while. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I, and then I have to kind of sit there as my friends, like, preaching, right, because, like, that's why I came. Um, and people are kind of like, Who's he? You know, like, what, why is he here? Does he, like, carry your bags? Or, like, what is what is <laughs> And I was like, oh, is that what you want me to do? I, I guess I will, you know. Um, you know, It's like, no, he's just my friend. I, I brought him with me. Um, and I would just kind of sit in the back, you know, and kind of listen. Like, the music would play, and I'd be like, oh, I remember when, when I would go to that. And I, I would see people kind of getting into it, and I'd be like, oh, I remember when, like, it would kind of maybe hit me a little bit, too. And, yeah, that's not me anymore, but I, I remember I was a part of something like this before. Um... And on one of the nights, it, it was near the last night, you know, um, I remember I was just in the back, just started to sing, um, started to lift my hands, and I kind of grew up in a place where, like, lifting your hands, and people were like, oh, my gosh, this crazy, radical worshiper <laughs> over here, like, for me, raising my hands was like, I take a deep breath, and, like, do this, right? (laughs) And be like, God, I'm just, like, so, like, being bold right now and, like, um, you know, really insecure. Uh, But I just felt like freedom, maybe because no one knew me there. No one knew I was a hypocrite. Maybe because I didn't feel judged by other people or judged by myself. And I even started dancing um, as best I could uh, in the back, you know, and singing, and, um, and then all of a sudden I heard, felt, god say to me um like joe like calling and i remember i just like kind of like went on my knees and like you gotta understand like man being a hypocrite is so hard because like you hate yourself that's the hardest part of being a hypocrite like you you can't respect yourself like you hate yourself and i remember just being on my knees and like saying like god you still want me. Like, like if you still want me, then then, then I'm yours. And I just felt this thing that I'd heard about called grace. And people always talk about grace and try to describe it. And I was like, I just felt like the love, the acceptance, the, like, I would never reject. Like, see, our You know, some of you guys might have broken up with someone because you saw it coming, you know? Like, maybe you're like, oh, this person's going to break up with me, so I'm breaking with you first, right? Like, like that's kind of what I try to do to God, right? I was like, like, I'm such a hypocrite. You're going to judge me or, like, expose me in front of everyone, uh, so I'm going to break up with you, God. You know, I just felt like grace. C.S. Lewis called it God's like the relentless hound of heaven, where he's like, he will not leave me alone. Like, he will, like, I can turn my back on God and say, I'm leaving you, but he will not leave me alone. He will consistently hound me and come after me. And, you know, like, I just remember that moment transformed my life so much. And then so many amazing things happened in my life. But somehow I found myself, like, in a, I don't want to say rut, but just kind of, like, going to work, you know, And I enjoyed going to work, paying, you know, before I got fired. Uh, Paying the bills, got married. I enjoyed that, enjoyed that. Having kids, enjoyed that, enjoying that. Um, But somewhere along the line, this like, God, if you will have me, I'm yours. Like somewhere along the line, that started to kind of dissipate. And it was like, God, I'm yours. But like that, like, I will, like, no one else wants me and you want me i'll follow you anywhere like i will follow you because no one else wants me you want, i will follow you anywhere like that's a and i'm like hey my wife wants me right like my kids want me like these other people like i'm pretty wanted like i'm actually and those things are all true right those are all true um you know i, I was i had a friend who one of the one of the, the advice he gave to me before i got married he was like joe take a couple days before you get married, maybe even the last week before you get married, and don't even call Aaron anymore. Aaron's my wife, right? And no, no, what he meant was, but tell her first, tell her first why, right? Like, don't just, <laughs> don't just ghost, like, a week before the wedding. He's it's like, it's like, have a conversation with her and explain to her um, that both of you guys, not just, not just myself, but both of you guys, to take some time apart and really spend time with family, but then really spend time with God. Like celebrating Like your life with him before that other person Came into your life And he's like I just want to tell you like it was such a sweet moment And it was such a tender moment And he said the night before I got married I couldn't sleep and I just kept crying And he's like it wasn't because I was nervous about the wedding or Having second thoughts or he's like, it's like No I was crying because I was like God you've been So good to me And this sweet special time where Like it's just you and me in a sense It's about to end and I'm looking forward to marriage, but it's going to end. And he just said, like, he just, he just could not stop crying. And he's like, you know, the best thing you can do for your wife, Joe, is love God so much that when you get married, she'll always be the third wheel. <laughs> and I was like, like, I was like, I was like man, I was like, I was like, you know, and he told me this, and I just clicked on one of his sermons this week, and I heard him say it again. And it was just, like, stirring in my heart, like, God, like, you're my ride or die you know like that's what it means to follow jesus like for you know for i guess teenagers i'm not speaking to teenagers here but except for nancy but no because you're like yes yes but like that's what it means to like follow jesus it's like i don't have option b or c like you're it you're it you're the only one i'm putting everything on you like if you're not who you say you are then my life is done like, that's what I want to get back to. That's what God is calling back to. I feel like that's what God is calling us back to as a church. You know, there's a lot of intimidation, I guess, maybe in the Western world. Um, and, like, you know, speaking on issues and, like, LGBTQ and just, you know, like, and with our current administration and there are, Christianity has been politicized. And there, there's, and we're in Berkeley and Barry, I mean, there's a level of intimidation of saying that you're a Christian, right? There's a lot of explaining that you feel you have to do. You know, I'm like, if we say that we are just sold out for Jesus and really follow him, I'm like, I'm intimidated because I'm not fully following Jesus right now. That's the only way I'm intimidated. I mean, I feel like God is just calling us back to, at least he's calling me to come back to a place where I'm like, God, I'm just fully following you and what you, I mean, transform my life, transform my life. Now, I want to just share about something that I have, a practice that we've been taking up in our family. Um, you know, and the, the scripture that I was going to use was from um, Exodus, and I guess you can just put it up there really quickly. Um, there's something is, um, and God spoke all these words saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He's speaking to Israel right now. They've been in slavery in Egypt, but he set them free. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make, not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is the earth beneath, or that is the water under the earth. And if some of you are familiar with these things, we call them the Ten Commandments. Um, but these were the commands or the words that God was instructing His people after they'd been in bondage and slavery for a while. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing mercy to thousands, or the thousandth generation, to those who love me, and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Then there's a whole bunch of other commandments, like don't steal, don't kill, don't murder, right? Don't covet, like want things from other people that that they have that you want. Um, And when it comes to the Ten Commandments, I'm like, well, I feel pretty good because like I I don't kill people, right? Right? i have stolen and i have lied right but i don't kill people okay um and then jesus came along and and said stuff like you know if if you hate your brother it's like you've already committed murder right it's just like your action hasn't caught up to your intent yet um and things i was like oh okay great all right but but the one commandment i never considered to really take seriously was the one that we just read that ended remember the sabbath and keep it holy right it's the first command that god says is holy And this whole idea of being a follower of Jesus, Jesus kept the Sabbath. And there's so many spiritual practices and disciplines. Um, I'm not going to do a whole, like, a deep-dive sermon on this, but I just want to tell you, as for the, like, past five or six weeks, as my family has been talking about, like, how do we follow Jesus? Like, how do we actually literally start to follow, like, a disciple would follow a rabbi and apply ourselves to these spiritual practices and disciplines? One of them that we chose was Sabbath. And so I was like, what does that mean? And there's a lot of studying that you can do, but quite simply, Um, it goes back to God setting a pattern of when he was creating the world, he he created the world, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And so that was like where the Sabbath came from, where he created for six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And he rested to delight and enjoy with humanity. And just like we were designed to breathe air, like every couple seconds, you need to like take another breath. And then you can stop, you can hold your breath. And then your body will be like, this idiot's trying to kill us. And so your body will... Cause you to just go unconscious So (gasps) you start breathing in You can go without water for about 72 hours I think About maybe a little more right Um, But about 72 hours it starts getting really dangerous for you Um, But it's like a natural rhythm Like you need water You can go without food I've heard for about 40 days Um, Maybe some people a little bit more Maybe some people a little bit less Um, But do you understand that Just like food air water There's a rhythm that God has created with Sabbath Where he said every 7 days You need a Sabbath I created you and designed you to take a Sabbath, a regular rhythm. So we've been incorporating this Sabbath idea into our life, into our kids' lives. Um, Our kids love it because one of the first things we said was, it's where we rest so we don't, like, focus on career work. um, And we delight. It's, It's where we come together. We focus on, like, worshiping. And we also focus on being together. And so one of the things that we all said is, so no iPhones. And... My daughter was so excited for this, and also made me feel like, oh, wow, because I was like, so mommy and daddy can't look at their phones, and we put it away, and that made her so happy, right, which tells us something of, like, oh, my gosh, I'm on my phone way too much, um, and so she comes now, and it was so bad because, like, I would kind of say that, and it was really hard, guys. Like, I would, I, she would catch me. I would hear the little pitter-patter of feet, and then I would... I would like throw my phone down And she would come open the door And not, not walk into the door But you know like you open the door and like you lean in And she was like were you on your phone <laughs> And I was like I'd be like yes And she'd be like it's Sabbath Appa. Right and I'd be like it is It is Pharisee no, kidding. <laughs> Pharisee were like very religious people back in the day um, But she's right, right And so like now we have like um, We call it the Shabbat cop Shabbat is how you say Sabbath in, in Hebrew So she's the Shabbat cop we have a we have a shabbat box and then when we start sabbath part of our ritual is like we hand them over right she comes over and we give her the phones and she puts them away right well she put them away one time and then we were like weren't sure if she would remember where so now we're like this is where they go uh stuff like that um and 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 it's really interesting to see where like um all this legalism and rules came from from pharisees because like some people are like, there's no work, so there's no cleaning. There's no doing dirty dishes. You just, you know, just enjoy which I'm totally fine with that, right? And so, um, but then um, Olivia, like, made a mess, right? And so I was like, Olivia, you need to clean that up. And she's like, but I Sabbath, <laughs> right? And, and so I'm like, okay, um, oh, I just made up a new rule. So we don't clean up old messes, but we clean up new messes, right? <laughs> like, 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 oh, this is how the Pharisees got started, right? <laughs> I was like... And so, but we still keep that rule, okay? So if it's an old mess, we leave it until, like, the end of Sabbath. Um, But some of the other things we do, too, is, like, we we don't talk about work, right? And it's, you know how hard it is to not think and talk about work? Um, I don't, we don't check our email and respond to emails. Um, It's really hard. Um, Sometimes you want to say, talk about work with each other, and it's like, oh, no, 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 actually, no. Um, And not that you have to, but even for us, it's, like, complaining, um, I didn't realize that I, 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 t- I tend to, I, I thought they were observations, but sometimes they're, they're complaints. And I was like, but really mindful of like, oh wow, like not on Sabbath. Like we delight, we rest. People don't buy things on Sabbath and you can take it as legalistic as you want to, but the idea behind it is because you're thankful and grateful for what you have. And I didn't realize, but what my, one of my hobbies are actually building wish lists on Amazon. Right? Like, I mean, I don't even know if that should, should be a hobby, but it's like, it's what I spend my spare time doing, right? Um, I'm like designing rooms, right? And, and like, you know, I, 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 I have a Pinterest account, right? Like I, and I go and people ask me, how'd you get so good at this? I was like, it took a lot of time, right? <laughs> a lot of staring and coveting at other people's stuff, right? Instagram, come on, those bed in a box, Casper mattress and all that stuff, right all those like people who are smiling so blissfully lying in their beds everything's perfectly white and flowy and fluffy in their pjs and they have that perfect down comforter and i'm like i want that mine but that that hunger in me is actually for rest like i want to create this restful space in my house which is why i need to buy a fiddle fig leaf tree right and and i need to get this rug and I, and I need this sofa and this chair and then this cro- cozy quilted throw because it looks so inviting and restful. But you know what? Instagram cannot give you that rest. That rest comes from Sabbath. It comes from Sabbath. And it's hard. Because there are times when I'm like, okay, so I've got some free time right now. I want to pull out my phone and start looking for things on my Insta stories or Instagram or what else can I buy to create this perfect, cozy, restful home. And it's in those moments where I'm now actually having to, like, surrender to God and say, like, actually, God, I'm medicating myself with these other things. And not that those things are bad, because I'm still going to buy a fiddle fig tree. (laughs) like, (laughs) Or or maybe we'll talk about it. We will still maybe buy. Uh, not those things are bad, but, like, when you turn to those things, when, when you can't be alone by yourself without distracting yourself, like, it's a sign that something needs rest, that you need rest. And it's been really hard and really good to, in those areas to say, God, I'm so undisciplined right now. I'm so craving something that I don't even know. I'm, like, so, like, unable to rest right now. Like, I don't even know what I want, but I'm, I, I, just, I just need rest right now, God. And surrendering those times and moments to God and inviting him, saying, like, this is where I need you, Jesus. Like, you say you're enough. Like, what does that even mean? I don't even know. You know, and then there are moments where, you know, like, people probably think I'm an amazing father and I'm a pretty good dad, I think. I'm, you know, Aaron gave me a thumbs up. Um, but there are moments where my kids are playing. Now, before, they couldn't play by themselves before. Like, you, you have to watch them, right? Like, I mean, you get to watch your kids. Um, but now olivia's five and junia's like two and walking and talking and they play together And so there are times I can lay on my bed Take out my iphone And just start looking on instagram or warriors news or niners news or whatever it is, you know, or, you know Stock market really quick and blah, blah blah, whatever And I saw nothing wrong with that Yesterday after sabbath we go from Friday sundown um, Saturday sundown. We're about to put Olivia to bed. I'm like, Olivia, give me a hug. And she kind of like stands there. She's already like too cool. It's like, ah. And her hands are at her side. And I wrap my arms around her. And I squeeze her. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not letting you go till you tell me. Stop. Right? And so I'm squeezing her, squeezing her. And then I feel her pulling her arms up. And I'm like, okay. She's going to push me away. That's cool. And she pulled out her arms and then wrapped them around my neck. Oh, man. <laughs> right? And, I, and she was like, we spent so much time together. And nothing wrong with looking at Instagram. Nothing wrong with taking a break. You guys work hard. We all deserve it. But when Jesus says, whoever seeks their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it, that when Jesus said in Matthew, whoever wants to be my disciple or follower has to deny themselves and take up their cross, cross was something that they killed people on and follow me meaning like you need to lay down your rights there are your rights actually you are absolutely justified that you have a right to that they are your rights but you lay it down and he says you will be my disciple but the promise is that when you lay down your life just like jesus was raised back to life just like when jesus died on the cross he was raised up he's gonna raise up a new life in you like that's our hope It's not just I'm going to die and surrender. It's like, no, when I die and surrender, Jesus, you said that you're going to raise up a new kind of life in me. And right now, there were times where, you know, this past month, I've laid on my bed on Instagram because I'm like, I'm so tired right now. I need to just zone out, you know, and I have a lot of Steph Curry stuff popping up on my thing. And I'm like, oh, his kids are so cute. (laughs) So bad, right? I'm like looking at his family, and my, my two girls are playing in the living room. But I'm like, but I need this rest right now. I deserve it. And I'm not saying no to self-care, so please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's wrong. Like, you absolutely need, you do need time for yourself. Like, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, I was unwilling to even entertain the possibility that this might be something where God was saying in this moment, put that down and go out to your kids. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that every, that you should never have like, you know, a date night or a spa time or go to the gym for yourself or, no, what I'm saying is, this was, An activity where I said, no, untouchable. Don't even untouch, that's what I'm talking about. Inviting God into those areas, saying like, this is such a small, stupid thing, but why am I struggling with it, God? Like, I'm gonna, I need you to help me to lay down my life right now. Or there are times where I'm like, my wife got it. I hear her, she got it. But saying like, and we still, she would say, we have a happy marriage, but saying like, no, no, no. God, you said that if we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow you, then we're your disciples, that when we lose our life, we will find it, that that's the mystery of following Jesus. So even though my wife got it and she wouldn't complain, in this moment, God, teach me, help me. I repent. Show me to be a true follower of you that I'm going to get up and say, like, no, I'm going to do this. I want to do this that there are so many, that's such a small example, but I'm saying there's so many areas where I'm like, I'm 41, there it is. And I say it every message. And I'm like, I'm so excited because there's so much in my life where I'm like, I have not been following you, Jesus. And now there's, and like, the possibilities are opening up so many areas in my life where I can follow you wholeheartedly, lay it down, And surrender and say, God, I'm struggling, but I want to lay it down. Teach me to die to myself so that you will live, so that you will live. And here's the amazing thing. When you do that, you become more like Jesus. You start to look like Jesus, but you don't become a clone. You know that word character? It also shows up in the alphabet. And some of those alphabet letters might look like, like, D looks like W and, you know, dyslexia, right? B, D, P, Q, and all that stuff. But they are also distinct. you know, following Jesus, I've heard people say, and I've heard people say, like, God has a wonderful plan for your life. And he probably does, but it probably won't always seem wonderful to you. Um, and he does have a plan, because I would think he has a plan, because he's smart. But it's not just for your life. I mean, it says, for God so loved the world, That he sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross The plan for Jesus' life was this You're going to die on a cross That was his plan for Jesus But it was for the world Like yes God wants to raise you to a place of influence But it's not just so that you can have a great job It's because there are people Who will benefit from you being in that place and position of power God has a plan for your life for the world And it's not always going to be easy You're not always going to understand. You know, there's a word called submission, and, um, oh, you guys don't have to wait for me. You guys can just start playing. There's a word called called submission, and the prefix sub, like submarine, marine means water, I think, and sub means under, so a submarine's like under the water. And so submission, um, it's like sub means under. So when you're in submission or submit, it means you're under the mission. So it actually doesn't even mean you have to um, like the person or maybe even always agree with them. But if you agree in the mission You believe in the greater good You would submit to them I don't like you, I don't agree with you But we are both trying to accomplish this task So I'm submitted to you To get this greater good done That's submission, you're under the mission And God does call us to submit to one another God does call us to submit But to be a a follower It takes more than submission It takes surrender and surrenders when, like, I'm even going to give up what I think should be the right thing to be done. Following Jesus is not easy. He said, take up your cross. Who takes up the cross? The person that's going to die on it. You know, like, um, in October. We had a miscarriage. Already shared about that. It was hard. Still hard. Like a couple of days ago, we're on, we're, on, we're on one of our day dates. And uh, we pull into a parking lot, and um, our son's name was Kyle, which means the power of God. L means God. And we see a, a big old, like, truck, and it says, um, Kyle Foods. I was like, maybe they misspelled ka- Kale or something. Because people always, when, when I wrote Kyle, people was like, so you're, you named your child Kale. And I was like, uh, <laughs> Kyle, you know, whatever. You know, and even yesterday, Olivia's learning Korean. And um, the word for younger sibling, um, there's not a gender to that one. And it's just uh, 동생, which means like little sibling. It could be brother or sister. And I was like, you know, Junie is your 동생 because she's your little sister. You know. And I'm thankful. And she's like, and Kyle, he's my little brother. I was like, that's right, he's your 동생 too. And then she goes, why do you always get sad when I say his name? You know. And I'm always like, come here, give me a hug. She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Only on Sabbath or I don't know. So what I'm saying is, yes, this is like the grieving we're going through and and our pain and so appreciative of our community community. (laughs) and those of you who like, you know, love us and supported us. But there's stuff you guys are going through too. Stuff that people know about or don't know about, you feel care about to different degrees. Struggles you're going through, anger, pain, grief, like all this stuff that you're going through too. And I'm saying like, following Jesus does not inoculate you from suffering. Everyone suffers. People who don't follow Jesus suffer. Like, we all suffer. But we have a God who took away his immunity, his immortality, and said, I'm going to come and suffer with you. I'm going to be with you. And a God like that, I will follow And I will teach my children how to follow. God, I just pray right now, on behalf of everyone here, Lord, teach us how to follow you with all of our hearts. Teach us how to be your true disciples, your true followers. And wherever we are, God, whether we're close to you or far away, God, just turn our hearts to you, Lord.